Welcome, those of you that like sports. This is What's Up Doc, episode eight, and what a week of sports. Dan, you're feeling great. John Michael, I don't know how you're feeling because of your storyline last week, but I'm just going to throw it to Dan because I know he's real giddy about this this week. Well, listen, I mean, the reality is I don't feel great about this. There's still a lot. Obviously, the elephant in the room is the Live Golf and the PGA Tour merger. Lots of things we don't know yet. Lots of things that are still going to be coming out. I think it's I think it's good for golf. John Mike might disagree. I don't want to play all, you know show all my cards yet, but I mean another news the Everblades won back to yeah. back cups last night. Go Nick Blades. and I were there. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was cool to see a uh, championship won in person. Definitely a really cool experience. You know, sports are in full swing. You know, the NFL is just around the corner. Um, it's been fun. So it's been yeah, a good weekend. Yeah, it's sure. been a good week. If, if Dan or I, if you feel like our voice is hoarse or we lose our voice, know that it's because we were yelling at a hockey game just last night. And so that's why. John Mike, how are you feeling? I feel perfectly fine. I don't know why you guys are all getting up in on me about this live in PGA. Yes, I did bring it up in my headline last week, but I feel like I have a pretty good defense that we'll get to a little bit later. So, okay. Sounds I good. I feel fine. Okay. I mean, Stop both of you feel better than me. I have two teams in the finals that are not performing well. The Heat are down 3-1. The Panthers are, I thought, would show a sign of life and win this game tonight, and they're down 3-1 right now. Uh, for our viewers, this is this is Saturday uh, that we're recording this, and you'll be listening to it Monday. So hopefully the Panthers won this game, but we'll see. And so let's just go ahead and, and jump into it. So let's go ahead and start in the NBA because, again, that's where I love to start. Dan loves it too, I think. Uh, the Nuggets the Nuggets <laughs> have taken a 3-1 series lead over the Heat. Uh, it's not looking great. Game 5 is in Denver. Uh, guys, I'm just going to start. What's what's your biggest takeaway from this series? Uh, I can start, Dan. Listen, I want to, because I don't know, I, I don't know if I'm going to have a chance to say this a whole lot next week because okay. I think the series is going to be over on uh, Monday. So, you know, by that time, there might be new headlines and everything like that. The Miami Heat have had an incredible year. Now, they've played really well. Congratulations. They were the better team against the Eastern Conference teams. Milwaukee, New York, Boston. And what we're seeing now is that they're just not the better team. Denver is the better team. And, you know, even the game that Denver lost in Game 2 at home they were up eight going into the fourth quarter without a flurry of points scored by Duncan Robinson, who is just an offensive juggernaut that cannot play any defense at all. Um, you know, I, the Nuggets could have swept them. So, in the Nuggets, in all of their games, they've looked, they've won in different ways, whether that's hitting threes, whether that's triple doubles, whether that's role players like Aaron Gordon uh, and Bruce Brown, like we saw last night. I think that the Nuggets are just the all-around better team. The Heat have met their match. And this is what I was saying, you know, a week or two ago when we were talking about potential matchups. I thought that the Nuggets matchup with the Heat was a lot better than the Nuggets matchup with the Celtics would have been. Um, I just don't think that the Heat match up with the Nuggets super well. And I think we're, we're seeing that play out. And, you know, like I said, Heat have had a great year. So respect to them. But... Um, I I think this one's over, Nick. Sorry. I think it's Nuggets okay. in five. It's okay. I have I have a statement, but I'm going to let Dan go first. Go ahead, Dan. Well, I mean, my take was that I thought the Nuggets were going to win in five, which looks probable. I mean, the Heat already won once in Denver. They could do it again. I've been really disappointed with, you know, the players that uh, from Miami that played really well against uh, Boston. You know, the guys like Gabe Vincent, um, who played unreal in that series. He was completely non-existent last, uh, last night. Um you know, it's been, I don't know, you know, like you said, John, Mike, they've, the Nuggets have found ways to win in different ways. You know, last night, Jokic getting, you know, rolling his ankle in the first quarter, getting fouled out. Uh, they still were able to hang on. Um, it's been an entertaining series. I would like to see it go six or seven games just as a sports fan. Um, but take wise, I'm feeling pretty good about Nuggets and five. And, you know, I think they'll close out the series regardless, but hopeful that it's, uh, you know, at least a decent game yeah. on Monday. Yeah. I mean, all right. So I got a few things I want to say. First off, uh, Man, the Heat have had a chance in all these games if they could shoot the ball. And what I mean by that is Max Struess is a starter for the Miami Heat. 
if you take away game two, he shot one for 21 from the three point line in this series. I think that might be in the series in overall, but I know at the very least from the three point line. And so that's a shooter that has not been shooting the ball. Well, and so what I want to say is man, Tyler hero made a comment. I think it was after or before game two, where he still has a little bit of soreness in his hand that was broken, but also said, man, I don't want to come in and mess up what's going on. And at this point it's like, Games on the line, like seasons on the line. True. If you can play, you need to take Max Struess's limits because honestly, I'd live with a Tyler Hero shooting the ball who I know is a better player overall than Max Struess. Uh, along with that, Caleb Martin, I mean, you you can't find him on the court. Uh, to your point, uh, Gabe Vincent didn't play well last night, but he's honestly had a pretty good series. I think games one through three, he uh, he was averaging 20-something points. And so he he's been showing up. He averaged 20 in games one and two. Uh, he was the highest scorer in game two, John Mike. But uh, on, on the heat, at least. I don't know if Jokic probably... I think that was the game Jokic had 40 or something. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is I'm not counting the heat out. Uh, I think it's they've made it way harder than it needed to be. You know, At the very least, I would have liked to split at home. Uh, obviously, the ideal scenario is to win your home games. Uh, but like you said, Dan, they've showed that they could win in Denver. I think that they could win game five. And just as the Celtics said, like, don't let them get one. If they get the one in Denver and then they're coming home to Miami feeling good and they win that game and then you're in a game seven and anything can happen in a game seven. Duncan Robinson could go nuts. Max Drews might find out how to shoot again. I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, I, I mostly agree with you guys. I think I hate to say this. I'm gonna. I would pick the Heat, but I, my basketball sense, my non-biased sense says Denver's probably gonna close this series out on Monday night. Uh, and so, look, I wanna, I wanna clear the air. I've said in the past that Embiid is a better player than Jokic. Okay, I know I've said that, and I personally would pick Embiid over Jokic. But what I'm going to say is, is that I do believe Jokic is the better player, but. Again, I personally, I I mm. emphasize, I like people that play defense, and Jokic isn't bad at defense, but Embiid's a better defensive player, uh, and so I would take Embiid over him. I'm just going to clear the air on that because I'm not trying to say anymore that okay, Embiid's the better player. I'm just saying I would take Embiid over Jokic. Of all the games that you missed because you were at the Kelly Cup Finals, the you one missed game I night. missed? Yes. <laughs> when he almost game. fouled out? <laughs> Go he on. played phenomenal. You know the Heat shot four of twelve from the field as Jokic when Jokic was the primary defender last night. Also, so they shot an NBA average. Thirty-three. What is it? Is it forty percent the average? Yeah, maybe from three, but uh, over fifty percent from the field would be nice. Okay. All right, go on. Okay, so four for twelve when Jokic was the primary defender, and okay. then he also was able to get strips, steals, rebounds. He played really, really well defensively yesterday. Um, I know he had five fouls, but a couple of those were a little <laughs> suspect Thanks, towards Thanks, the end of the game. Um, but yeah, so listen, Jokic isn't, I mean, is he a liability on defense? Yeah, a little bit, but he makes up with it with his rebound and his and his That's uh, fair. And that's in his basketball IQ. He's just such a smart player. And and that's what I'm saying. I would say Jokic is the better player. Just as a personal preference, I couldn't take him over Embiid or over Giannis. Hey, because Nick, those I guys play defense, and I just really am. I really like guys that play defense. Go on, John Mike. I have a question. Yep. What are your thoughts on Jimmy Butler? Because you know, after the first round of the playoffs, he was oh my gosh, start you know number one person you'd start a franchise with. He is yes. just the best player in the entire playoffs. Still is. He is. Uh, borderline to God, you know. So, I mean, what what, what are you? Here's what I'll say, now? John Mike. You've you've turned your ankle before, right? Oh, please, that John was, Mike. You that cannot. Was, yes, like, and oh, he's had to play. He's had to play every other day besides a few days after the Knicks series, before the start of the Celtics series, and has been playing on a hurt ankle. And you and I both know ankles don't ankles don't heal is like he, great. Is he limping? They heal over time. Actually, if you watch his walk in when he's walking into games, he is limping around. Stop it. But I, I, I just don't think he like the ideal scenario for the Heat would have been if they had swept the Celtics and they would have had that week and Jimmy could have not like wouldn't have needed to be on his on his legs, could have let that ankle heal more. Again, turned ankles 
at, at like someone that's done it before, like it, they take a while to heal. And even like, you know, you get three, four weeks out and you go and make a move and your, your foot, you know, turns a weird way again. You're like, man, this ankle still isn't like fully healed. It takes a long time to heal. Yeah. And I, and I really do think part of it might be the defense that they're playing on him. But I, I think if you look at who Jimmy was pre ankle and you look at what's how he's played post that ankle injury, it's two different players. He hasn't had had, the explosion and a half. He had one and a half really, really good series, right? Where he just played like an absolute stud. That was yeah, well, in the start of New York. Okay, then he and that was when the and that was when it happened. So but I'm it's saying, not like it's not like you know the regular season when he didn't have an ankle injury. All he was, you know, so no, but he's he's a guy. He's a guy that picks it up when it matters most, and that's okay, the playoffs. So and that was in that he, he did. He's like done that three times, Jan. He's done that but, three times. Twenty twenty last season and this season every time in the playoffs he's gotten he's played better and so to say like oh he you know is he really that good of a player yeah he is he turned his ankle i mean you've seen we've seen him outduel lebron in an nba finals game all no, right I've, i'm telling you he's he's a great player but i'm just saying jokic is better sure sure that's fine i i'm saying i would i would take jimmy and his leadership and everything that he brings when he's healthy over Jokic, but that's fine. I'm not gonna argue you ain't on it. That's it's two takes on two players, and I think the Heat wouldn't be in the same position if they had if you take Jokic and Jimmy and swap them. That's what I would say, and I understand it. It creates different dynamics because of and the, the same would be built. true for and the same would be true for Denver. Yes, yes, and so that and and I'm just saying though, like I think Jimmy has done more with less than what Jokic has done. You know, Jimmy doesn't really have. You know, Bam's great, but he's not really a number two. And Jokic, without his number two, couldn't get past the first round. So to say, you know, Jokic, Jokic needs the cast, and that's fine. You can need a cast, but if you want someone to carry guys, Jimmy carries guys, and that and that's why I would take him over a lot of players in the league because he does stuff that other guys can't do. And I'll also let me just wrap this yeah, but up. Jim, Jimmy doesn't play nice with everybody. That's why he's been. This is his fourth team. No, and that's why, but that's why he's in Miami because Miami fits perfectly. Miami doesn't take the the stuff that these other franchises right, take. Right, but if they, you if you want the cast, right, like if you if you need the cast to win, then yeah. you need the cast. But if you don't play well with the cast, then you're not going to win. Yeah, and 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 so this this fits perfectly with what I was going to say to wrap it up. Is I don't know if you guys pay attention, but Damian Lillard uh, was I believe on a podcast or something or talking. Uh, and was kind of talking about teams that he would want to be with. And he said, Bam's my guy. And they talked about Miami and they said, would you go to Miami if they won the championship? He said, no, but if we don't win the championship and let me just tell you this past week or so of Miami sports has been, you know, whether they win championships or not, it's, it's been unreal. You have the heat in the finals. You have the Panthers in the finals. I believe I looked it up and I don't pay attention to, to baseball, but the Marlins, I believe are eight games above 500 or seven games above 500, which puts them about fourth in the national league. You have Messi coming to inner Miami. I mean, I'm just saying it's, you have Dalvin cook might come to Miami. Like I I'm just saying it, it's, it's something cool is happening in, in South Florida. And I, I love it. You have the, you have the Everblades winning the Kelly cup. Something's in the air in South Florida. That's uh, Southwest Florida. That's totally different. It's still South, South Florida. It South is Florida. totally different. Don't uh, even get me started on the difference. And so East South either, Florida and Southwest Florida. Either way, what I'm trying to say is losing this championship might not be the worst thing in the world. If it means that we get a player like Damian Lillard, who, you know, hasn't had, you know, he's had great playoff runs, but, you know, he kind of fills that gap of like the Max Struess and the Caleb Martin and the Gabe Vincent. He can do what a lot of these guys do and he'll do it consistently. And he's someone that you can count on in these big moments to score um, and would take a little bit of the pressure off Jimmy, which means, you know, I, I don't even know what that da- dynamic would look like, but I think it would be exciting to watch. Um, but with that, let's go ahead and get off the NBA. Uh, let's go over to the NHL. We're going to talk about Vegas and Florida. Uh, Vegas is up 2-1. Florida showed some signs of life in game three. Uh, they can't score a power play goal, but they can score when it's six on five um, with no goalie. But I believe they're trailing in game four. I, the last time I checked, the score was 3-1. to one. It's 3-2 three three two two now. now. So I don't know, man. They're, they're the cardiac cats. Uh, they fight back. But go ahead, Dan. I'm going to kind of start with you. Tell me about how you're feeling about this series. 
Yeah, it's been a really, really good series, Nick. I, um, I've been really impressed with how Florida has kind of altered uh, what they tried to do in games one and two when it wasn't working. I mean, we can talk about refs and you know penalties all yeah. day. It's not. I mean, it's no. It's no joke that like there were significantly more penalties called on Florida. Um, but a lot of that is because of the style of play that they tried to go into Vegas and do, right? I've looked at I looked at some stats. I mean, in game one, they had 36 hits. In game two, they had 44 hits, right? They tried to go in there and push those Vegas guys around, and they weren't having it. Um, they, you know, shrugged them off quite literally, and you know, they won an insane game, uh, game two. But let's let's you know, turn turn away from game two. Let's look at game three. Um, you know, talking about those big hit totals. In game three, Florida only registered 18 hits. Um, that just goes to show that coaching is like, hey, you know what, guys? Like, if we want to get swept, fine. If we want to, you know, go out swinging, we will. But let's try to do something different. And they did. They did a really good job. Um, to Bob's credit, he played really well. He made some unreal saves in that third period to keep yeah. Florida in it. And then they went, you know, they, he gave them the opportunity to go on the six on five at the end of the third period, tie it up, first shot of overtime, right? Game winner. Really, really cool stuff. Um, I think if Florida's going to continue – um, to battle, um, they need to stick to you know, not trying to outmuscle Vegas. It hasn't worked in games one and two. Um, their goalie's playing really well too. To give uh, Aiden Hill credit, um, you know he's made some really nice saves of his own. Um, you know, I, I was looking at stats uh, going into the third period. Florida only had twelve hits. I don't know if that, I mean that's not a super significant stat, but I just think it's interesting. Um, and maybe a lot of those hits in game two were you know whenever they were already down, so they were just trying to you know maybe <laughs> bruise yeah. them up a little bit. Um, I still don't think the series is over, even if Florida loses. I mean, like you said, you know, it's one game at a time. They could go into Vegas and win, come back home, you know, win, force game seven. That could be really cool. But I mean, there's 15 minutes left. There's a lot of hockey still to be played. I would be really encouraged as a Panthers fan, though, especially after game two, um, the fight that this team has shown. It's been uh, really entertaining. Yeah, and to your point, I mean, they've been down 3-1 before. They were down 3-1 against Boston, and they came back and won that series with two games on the road and one at home. And so, you know, I definitely, if both the heat and the Panthers are down three, one, uh, as a fan, do I believe they both could do it? Sure. But as a person that had, if I had to pick which one I think is more likely, I'd say the Panthers are more likely to come back. Agreed. Uh, but John, Mike, how are you feeling about this series? Yeah. You know, I don't know all the hockey stuff like Dan does. Um, I've watched each of the game, at least parts of each game. Um, and it's been really entertaining. Uh, yeah, to me, I think that, from the naked eye, it looks like Vegas has been the better team, but um, Florida wins these close games and they've been doing it all postseason. And so, you know, this game tonight, which is now 3 2, was at 1.30. And mm-hmm. so, you know, anytime it's a one goal game, you know, even with a couple minutes left in the third period, I'm starting to assume that Florida is somehow going to score. <laughs> and they're going to win in overtime and just because of what they've done uh, in the postseason. So Vegas, you know, blew them out twice uh, in game one and two. Game one was closer than game two was. But um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I still think I still think Florida could tie it up two two tonight. Could be three one. But yeah, like Dan said, I don't think the series is over by by any stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Big thing to look to look out for if you are watching the series is I know in game three, Kachuk got a uh, was like concussion checked. You know, he was out for basically the the entire first period and part of the second period. And then tonight I didn't see it, but it sounds like something happened with with his left shoulder uh, and he's kind of been, you know, tucking it and trying to keep it from getting hit. Uh, And so it looks like he might be playing on like one arm with, you know, an arm that got popped back in or something. Uh, But yeah, I mean. Look, the Panthers, if they're going to win this series, they need to score a power play goal. Um, I still don't I don't know how they score the second goal, but I don't think they've scored a power play goal yet this series. No, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. So they're playing good five on five for the most part. Uh, they play, for whatever reason, they play great six on five without a goalie. Uh, they find ways to score at the ends of games. Uh, but they need to they need to figure out that power play, um, especially if they get one in this third period. Just They need to find some way to score on a power play that you're up a man, you should score in those opportunities. Uh, and I think they're, you know, I think they could figure it out again, even if they lose this game, uh, you know, to your point, Dan, they, they've kind of changed up the, the style that they're playing. Uh, they're trying, they're not necessarily going the bruiser route that they kind of did with some of these other teams. And they're, they're playing it a little bit different. Uh, but you know, they're, they're getting there. Um, I believe in them. They definitely could still, uh, win this game and win this series and 
you know, even if the Heat don't win and the Panthers win, that's still one championship for South Florida, and we love it. Nick, I have a question for you. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I was thinking about this today. Yeah. Would you rather, and this is a theoretical question for the okay. for the listeners as well. Okay. Um, would you rather have two favorite teams, hometown teams, whatever team you love, mm-hmm. in the championship, and they both lose, or would you rather just have one team go to the championship, but that one team wins? Oh, that's a tough question. Uh, who? I would rather. I mean, and the at the end of the day, championships like mean the most. So I would rather one win going... the championship. Yes, but I will. I mean, look, South Florida doesn't like since LeBron's left. You know, we haven't had the best streak in sports, and so just to even have this like. And that and that's what I was trying to say earlier. Like, there's this cool aura in the air in South Florida where you have the Panthers and the the Heat are both in the finals. You have the Marlins doing well. You know, the Dolphins are expected to have a decent season. You know, if they add Dalvin Cook, that could be something completely different, which I believe they are the betting favorite to add Dalvin Cook. I think it's like a one-to-one bet right now. Uh, and then you have Messi coming to Inter-Miami and basically taking their ticket sales and, you know, making it insane to go to a game in Fort Lauderdale, which is crazy to think. And so, you know, I, for what's been happening, if they both don't win, it's okay. Uh, I will be okay as a fan. I'm just happy to see my teams competing at the end of the season for a championship and, and almost getting it done. Uh, but with that, we're going to move into something else. That's fun. Like Dan kind of previewed, uh, the PGA and the live merged, uh, at the beginning of this week. And I am dying to hear what Dan and John Mike want to say about this because you both have been on different sides of it. And it almost seems like Dan's side has won, but I just kind of want to hear how you're both feeling about it. Uh, whoever wants to start, I'll let go first. I want to, I want to have Dan explain how his side won. I, like I said, I feel like I'm getting misconstrued here. Can I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think I've said, it's funny that you say that John, Mike, cause I wanted you to go first and just hear your take on, on what, and maybe this is a better way to start. Cause I don't necessarily think I, I will say one of my direct quotes was from a previous episode, uh, quote, my argument is not that live is equal to the PGA. Um, I don't know if I've ever been the biggest live golf fan. I have been the biggest golf fan in the sense of what is going to be, um, best for golf as a whole in two separate leagues, um, where, you know, top players like Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia aren't playing in regular tour events. It sucks. Um, I would like to hear John Michael's point of view on, on what, and on how he views this merger. Um, if you want to go ahead and just kind of break it sure. down, John Mike. So I think it's a great thing for golf, right? Because my biggest thing, so the reason that I was so against live was not because of where they were getting their funding, right? Didn't bring that up at all. What I mean, it is what it is. That money, you know, the U.S. government's been in bed with the Saudis for, you know, 40 to 50 years. So a lot of different corporations that we shop from, buy from all the time, like there's, there's that type of money that's backing those corporations, yet we continue to support Listen, at the end of the day, we're sports fans. And so my biggest thing was I just wanted the best players to compete against each other consistently so that me and us as sports fans could be entertained and watch them. And that's what I was talking about. So my frustration was that the live golfers, I felt like, just took the money and then they were playing almost in an easier league against people who weren't quite as good. I mean, you know, you've got the Dustins, Cam Smith, uh, your, uh, whatchamacallit, Kepka, um, DeChambeau, whatever. So some of the stars that left, you know, they're playing against each other. But overall, the fields were, were vastly different. I thought that the PGA field was consistently better, better players than what was in Live Golf. Yet Live Golf players were making way more money, playing less events. I wasn't able to watch those events. So that was my frustration. So now that they're going to merge and all be in one league again, that's fantastic. I'm stoked about that. Now, here's where I was wrong and where I would where I will admit that I was wrong. I was wrong in thinking that the PGA were the good guys 
and that Live Golf were just a bad guy. <laughs> that is where I got it wrong because at the end of the day, Jay Monahan turns out to be mm, a hypocrite, maybe a scumbag. You know, none of these players were, it doesn't sound like, informed of any of these talks that were happening. My frustration is that, you know, PGA leadership framed it, you know, when people went to live, they, they didn't frame it in a way of like the competitive balance, which is how I would have liked them to frame it. They framed it in a way where it was like, oh, you're immoral for going to that league because you're, you're taking money. Uh, from the Saudis, basically. Well, now he's in bed with the Saudis. So, you know, that's my frustration. He's a, it, it, It's just a lot of hypocrisy. I'm happy that the players are going to play together. I, um, I'm a little bit disgusted in that I thought that the PGA was just morally and ethically better than what they've turned out to be. Well, not only that, I mean, you, you talk about Jay Monahan like being a hypocrite and like, you know, th- like he literally was dragging like 9-11 families into all of this and trying to like grandstand for these, you know, selfish, greedy players that were going to live. Um, now, this is bad for the PGA Tour, I will say, um, for many reasons. I think if you look back at the history of the PGA, the PGA tour is, you know, they've made their money based off of their corporate sponsors sponsorships. This is kind of a different um, way of looking at this. You know, they're a nonprofit organization. So these big, uh, you know, the, 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 the tournaments that we know so well are mostly based off of, you know, the corporate sponsorship that's affiliated with it. Now there's a lot of like standalone tournaments, like the players championship, this and that, but I mean, almost every golf tournament is like the Charles Schwab Open or the So-and-So Waste Management sure. Open, right? And all of these companies are, are drawn to the PGA and have made the PGA where it is because of the philanthropy, because of all this stuff. Jay Monahan's basically saying, screw the philanthropy, like, let's make money, um, which is, you know, it sucks. And you, you got guys like Rory who are like, you know, getting now every single press conference, like, oh, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? Um, I saw a report today now that <laughs> what he's saying is that the what I don't know if this is what Jay Monahan said, but the leak is that the players that turn down money from Live are now going to get a stake in the new league, which is wild. And I mean, if you're Rory, like, what do you do? Do you take the money? Then it's like, oh well, you're basically you know now you're the equivalent of what Brooks Kepka was. If you don't, I mean, it's a significant loss. Do you even play in these tournaments? Like, this is not good at all. Um, and when you're, when you're talking about, uh, uh, you know, the Saudis who are backed by almost $600 billion, like it's not just the PGA tour that this is happening. And they bought uh, Newcastle United, um, in the premier league, you know, who is now a top four team in the league, I believe. Um, and are, you know, they have a lot more money to pay these big players. They've started to kind of dabble with F1 racing. Um, this is a significant, I don't want to say issue. I mean, I think, where I would stand with the players that did do it for the money. I mean, we look at guys, you know, we can say, oh man, you know, Brooks Kepka taking a hundred million to go do this. Like he's protecting himself, like how selfish of him. But then we've got guys in college football who are sitting out. I mean, if it, here's the biggest, like to, to make this make sense, you know, they're saying that the, or, you know, someone like Brandel Chambly who's saying, oh, these guys who owe the PGA tour everything, you know, they're not loyal to the PGA. They turn their back on the, the tour, the organization for their own gain. But couldn't you say the same thing about any college football player who, you know, their team makes it to a bowl game. Maybe it's not a national championship and they sit out the last game, um, you know, for their, for their own well-being, right? If they get injured, it could hurt their draft stock. I'm not saying that the two are directly related, but there is kind of a double standard with, you know, where do we draw the line of, are these players being too selfish? You know, is it for the good of, of, a, of a brand, of a company, of a name? I just think the name of the PGA Tour has been dragged through the mud. Um, it sucks as a golf fan. Um, you know, we talk, you see all those commercials of the first tee, like, yeah, we're based on integrity and golf is a sport of integrity and there's no integrity now, you know, like we're just going to go take money from this organization from, from, you know, people who aren't very good. If we're being honest, we're looking at human rights issues. Um, it's just, it's a bad look. I don't know how they recover from this. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they, how they merge is not going to be the PGA tour anymore. And this is, you know, they're also bringing in the DP world tour, which is the PGA affiliate or equivalent in Europe. Yeah. Um, so this is like three big leagues merging together. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if the naming rights go to the guys that are, have six hundred billion in the bank. <laughs> like they're going to have the majority stake here. Um, and yes, it's good for entertainment, John. Like I'm, I'm at least glad that you stuck by that take because that was, you know, what you said from the beginning is you just want to be entertained. This is entertaining, but I feel like it goes a little bit deeper than that. And while yes, I'm a fan, and I think I was kind of, you know, an LIV supporter just to, or you know, a live supporter to be a a mark to kind of be a little bit different. Right. Um, I, I think in just in general, this is, it's interesting. Um, it's kind of a bummer, but you know, we'll see what happens. This is only a weekend, you know, we don't have really any solid details and you know, the next major tournaments coming up are going to be super interesting now. Yeah. I'm interested to see how they, how they make the merger work. I'm interested to see what happens. Uh, I had not read what you read Dan about, uh, the players that turned down the live money. Like, you know, you see some of the offers that were made to like Tiger Woods and Rory and all these guys that didn't take the money. And it's like, man, they they could have taken that money and for two years dealt with what the live guys dealt with and then just be right back playing with the PGA guys and everything. And and to your point, John, Mike, uh, I believe the p- players like basically everybody found out through like a Twitter announcement, basically. Yeah. Uh, there was no like. There was no talking to the guys. There was no, hey, how do we feel about this? Like you said, the the guy that ran the PGA was basically like, I mean, hey, I'll take the money. It's fine. And these guys will suck it up and deal with it. And like you said, I'm sure they're going to figure out some restitution. It probably won't be equivalent to what they missed out on, uh, which is unfortunate for those guys. And I'm sure they're kicking themselves for not taking the live money at this point. Uh, but yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. Like you said, Dan, I know a lot of it uh, has to do with you know, these sponsorships. And so will they have as many tournaments? I heard, you know, the live does team stuff. And so, you know, are they going to stick with that or is it going to be individual individuals? Uh, I think the whole thing is interesting and uh, you know, they have tournaments that are, that should be played soon. So it, it's interesting to see how quickly they get this turnaround. Um, yeah. I mean, so I, I think what'll happen is like the big tournaments, like the players, the, the waste management, obviously the majors are going to stay intact, but really these smaller tournaments where John Mike, you know, brought up the point a couple of weeks ago of like, you know, when these guys, um, you know, the lower level guys can kind of make a name for themselves. I feel like those, you know, lower level tournaments are going to disappear and then there's going to be a team aspect. I don't, I think team golf is fun and I think they'll sprinkle it in here and there. I'm sure it'll be part of the contract, um, you know, of the new tour. I don't know how that'll look. Um, but I think just overall, I mean, it sucks. You know, there's so many professional golfers out there trying to make a name for themselves and these smaller tournaments are an avenue for them, you know, to get a, a sponsorship. And if they win one tournament on the PGA tour, they're exempt for at least a year. Yeah. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, really, you know, regular guys on the side of the road, kind of taking the reins, um, and doing it and making it to the the top level. I, I think that kind of disappears with this merger. Hopefully it doesn't, hopefully there's a, you know, they're able to do something, but, um, Pretty, pretty I'm well. A, yeah, for sure. I'm excited because I think like in five to 10 years, when we look back at this all happening, I think that we'll say that it's good for golf. I, I think that for now, it's going to be, you know, a little muddy and a little murky and um, sure. uncertain with all the decisions that have to be made and uh, all the relationships that have been fractured and the feelings that have been hurt. Uh, but at the end of the day, with all the best players playing together, it's going to be whether whatever format they come up with. Um, I think that it's going to be better for the players and the fans. Um, I'm just frustrated with the leadership. I just think it's just, yeah, just poor leadership. Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You know, we're all, we all hold by a, a certain code of morals and values. Right. And I, I just don't think that, you know whatever worldview jay monahan is following uh it money yeah (laughs) yes yeah well you know in in five years when we're on season six of what's up doc we'll we'll look back on this episode and we'll say man what what happened in golf back then well i mean the nfl the nfl like what you know came out of two leagues merging right i'm not saying it's going to be to that level but this has happened before it's kind of cool to think that this is probably the it's true the uh the afl it was the it AFL. was the AFC. It's true. It's true. All right. Well, speaking of uh, football, this this makes for a good transition. So uh, we're going to go in and because the NFL season's around the corner and free agency is coming up and we already see some people getting released, we're going to go ahead and do some NFL trivia uh, in our segment called Trivia Time. And so 
whoever wants to go first, we all basically came up with two trivia questions that the other two guys are going to try to answer. Uh, and then we might discuss them a little bit if they create good conversation. And so uh, whoever wants to go first, I'm, I'm open to start or if one of you want to start either way. I can start. Okay, lead us off, JM. All right. JM always starts. <laughs> he likes to start. <laughs> I just have one. We'll, we'll just do one question at a time. And okay. I just, I, you know, I just want to make a disclaimer to the listeners that it's just, it's never too early to talk about football. Uh, <laughs> Amen. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> so this player led the league with 62 rushes of zero or negative yards last year. Ooh. Oh, 62 rushes of zero or negative yards. Well, he did say player, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a running back. Oh, I mean, no, it's, a, able... it's a running back. Okay, that makes oh, sense. Okay. Uh, hmm. Okay. Was it uh, Was it uh, Rashad Penny? Oh, no, no. He got hurt last year. Well, that's why. I mean, I thought maybe it was him. Any guesses? Any guesses, Dan? Negative. Oh, I'm trying to think back to really bad fantasy running backs, but it could just be someone with a lot of volume. Um, mm, I don't know. I'll give. I'm you, thinking. I'll give you, you how many? I'll go give on. You, all right, ready? Yes. A. Derrick Henry. B. Dalvin Cook. C. Nick Chubb. D. Christian McCaffrey. Oh, well, now I think it's Dalvin Cook. I think it's Dalvin Cook, too. It is Dalvin Cook, mister. Oh, come to South Beach, Miami. <laughs> he has four in the past. You don't. How many players have four straight thousand yard uh, rushing seasons? John Michael even finds a way to insult Miami I know, during he, trivia time. <laughs> he always finds a way, man. He just has to take the shot at Miami. It's fine. It's fine. Listen, I'm just telling you that uh, Dalvin Cook is a decent player, not a great player. So. I mean, he would just be among our running. I mean, I don't even know what we're doing if we signed out. Honestly, we have we have we'd have three starting running backs, basically. But yeah, running back by committee in Miami. If you're going to be a fantasy owner, uh, you don't want to take a Miami Dolphins running back. Definitely not. John Mike, what's your other what's your other trivia question? Oh, I thought we were doing one at a time. Are we doing one each? OK, Dan, you go. All right. Who was the last non-quarterback to win NFL MVP? You get bonus points if you get the year. Oh. NFL non-quarterback win the MVP. Oh, gosh. Can I can I ask a question? Sure. Was it a running back? It was a running back. Okay. Was, was it Derrick Henry? No, he didn't win. No. Was it, uh, it, was it Adrian like Emmitt Peterson. Smith? Adrian Peterson. Did AP it was win? Adrian Peterson. Oh, I didn't yes. think AP won. What year? Shakalaka. What year? I'm going to go 2014. 2012. I I was, good I, try. I was going to say that. All right. All right. Good what question. Team, that was a good question, Dan. All right. Uh, what team has the longest drought without making the playoffs? New York Jets. Cleveland Browns. Oh wait, no, the Cleveland Browns just it's made the it. Jets. <laughs> it's the Jets. Jam. Good job. Thank you. It's been. You, I get. Do you know how long it's been? 10, 11, 13 years, something like that. It's been twelve years. Oh, and that's it'll be number I didn't. I know. <laughs> it'll it'll be Why thirteen. Did you skip 12? It's gonna be thirteen after this season, and that's my shot at the Jets right there. All right. Well, I'm 10, 11, 13. <laughs> I'm no mathematician, but I'm two for two. All right, two for two. I guess you are. Yeah, AP. All right. I helped you with that, though. I get an assist for that. All right, here we go. So I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, there are 12 teams oh my that, have, that have never won a Super Bowl. And okay. there are four teams of those 12 that have never made a Super Bowl. I want okay. you guys to list all 12. Okay, hold okay. on. I got a piece of paper here. Okay. I have one, too. One is Houston. Right. Yep, Houston. Ha and they've never made it, right? Yep, so that's one that's never made it. Okay. I Okay, I got the Browns for sure. Haven't. Yep, the Browns have never made it. Uh, The Titans, right, have never made it? The Titans 
did make it. They've just never won. Remember the uh, 1999 against the Rams, or 2001? It was one of those years. Uh, oh, okay. The Rams, the where the guy almost tripped. Oh, game. yeah. So they yeah, almost yeah, okay. Ball, but okay. They... okay. Okay. The Pi- Cardinals? Yep. Cardinals are four. They have made a Super Bowl. Unfortunately, they lost to the Steelers. Yeah, that's right. What about the – did the Jags win a Super Bowl with Brunel? The Jags have never even made – They've never been, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, that's, the Jags have you never You guys made have it. got three yeah. that have never made, three out of the four, and you've got five okay. out of the 12 so far. Oh, well, right. the AFC South is so sad it's without so, the Colts. It's so sad. <laughs> uh, wait, the question is teams that have never won before, right? So, te- yeah, there's 12 teams that have okay, won. Okay, so the Bills have yeah. never won. Correct. The Bills have never won. That's six. Sorry, Nick Trippy. Four straight losses. I can't imagine the pain that is. Well, you're about to, you're about to get two straight losses this year. In different sports, it's different. It's yeah. completely different. Man, uh, I'm like, there's a lot of West Coast yeah, teams that were I'm really thinking, good back in the day. What about uh, Raiders? One. What about the Pan- the, the Chargers? Pan- yep, the Chargers are one. And yep. Dan, what did you say? I said the Panthers. Yep. They were, but they made a Super they Bowl. Made, yeah. Well, the Chargers have also made a Super Bowl. Neither team has won, so that's eight. The Falcons haven't won, right? Correct. That's nine. Oh, twenty-eight to three. Sad. That is sad. Okay, so that's nine. Okay. Twelve. So we have three left, Dan. We have three three teams left that we need to figure out. But there's one team that you guys haven't gotten that have never even been to a Super Bowl. Okay. That's crazy. That's Who newer teams? I mean, the Seahawks won. NFC West, NFC East. I know that there's some listeners that are probably screaming. What about the the Commanders? Oh no, they, no, no, they won. They won. They've won? Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, listeners are screaming probably oh is it that oh the lions right yes okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) the lions have never made a super bowl what about have the vikings won nope okay that's 11 of 12 you're just missing one team and i'll give you a hint this team could win the super bowl this year oh man could win this oh, year. Oh, the Bengals. The Bengals. Oh, okay. Yeah. For some reason, yeah, the, the Bengals have been so good recently. They just you just forget them. how bad yeah. they were for yeah, yeah. forever. <laughs> All twelve teams. Uh, man, it would suck to be one of those teams, right? Yeah, yeah. You know who's not on that list? The Steelers. Sick. And the yeah, Dolphins. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the Dolphins too. Yeah, yeah. All right. That was a. I like that one, Jam. That, that was, was a good Jam. Dan, what do you got? All right, I got another player question. Uh, who was the last non-offensive player to win Super Bowl MVP? Again, bonus points if you can name the Super Bowl. Non-offensive player. Non-offensive player to win Super Bowl. Did MVP. uh, did uh, which call it? Did the who's the running back for the Patriots against the Falcons? Non non-offensive player. Oh oh. oh defensive guy that won it it wasn't a no it did big ben win that one when you guys beat the cardinals no santonio holmes won that one because he okay because he had that crazy catch uh, he had a fantastic game but yes the, yeah the catch yes but everyone remembers the catch but james harrison uh, did have a 100 yard well that's why i thought about that i thought about that big touchdown you uh, are on the right track it is a linebacker i will give you that oh I oh oh it's the guy from Seattle, um, the middle linebacker, uh, right? Bobby Wagner. No no no. Oh okay. Gosh, what's his name? Uh, what's it? Are you sure? I think so. KJ <laughs> Brown is that it? No no no. Way. It is he. He did not play for Seattle. John Mike, you are, you have now gotten a question. No <laughs> no. I take that. There was a linebacker for Seattle. I I honestly I'm stumped. I don't know. Is it a it's Wait. a linebacker? It's a linebacker. You guys might be kicking yourselves because he had an amazing game. Two and a half sacks. In oh, oh, Von Miller. Von Miller, right? Von Miller. For the, for yes. the Broncos. That's Correct. right. Okay. Super Bowl 50. As soon as you started saying it, yes. it made sense. Borderline carried Peyton Manning to a Super Bowl. Oh, I mean, yeah, that whole defense did. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. All right. Wait, I want to see. Are you checking this? Because I thought that the one guy from Seattle won. I mean, obviously, Von Miller. 
I mean, if you tell me I'm wrong, you can blame the internet because <laughs> I looked it up on the internet. That's right. We had one day to come up with these, but we're doing great. No, hold on, hold on. Let me just see if the one guy from... Uh, our... Oh, this would be terrible for my credibility. <laughs> it's okay, Dan. Oh, no, no, no. It's okay. You're right, Dan, but Malcolm Smith was the guy's name for Seattle. That was Super Bowl 48, so that's who I was thinking of. Okay, okay. Yes. Smith, All right. for Seattle. He had an interception for a touchdown, a fumble recovery, and 10 tackles. That is an insane game. It's a good so, game. Yeah, he deserved it. All right. Uh, final final trivia question. This one's gonna gonna take some some thinking. Who was the last team to lead the NFL in rushing and win the Super Bowl? Uh, it's gonna be like a team that Jim Brown played for. <laughs> uh, last team to lead the whole NFL in rushing. Yeah, to lead the NFL in rushing and win the Super Bowl. Well, it certainly wasn't Sean Alexander and the Seahawks. They yeah. got dusted. <laughs> not that ghost dealer um ghost dealers the can you give us a hint because i was it was it the year that no no we said the titans didn't win the super bowl that year yeah hmm. can you can you give us a hint uh like was it within the last 10 years or not no, no way it was not within the last 10 years was Although, it in the 2000s it was not in the 2000s see it's the... been a long time this was stun- i was stunned when i looked this up and found it out was it? Is it going to be a like a famous running back? It was before any of us were born. I'm just. Gonna I feel it like it there. was like back when the Raiders or the 49ers, like in the. Oh. Was it? Uh, was it? Do you want to hit? Is it like? I don't was, know. was the team led by a running back that we should know? Uh, if I'm being honest, I didn't look up the roster. I just looked up the team stats. But you do know this team. This is a this is a historic team. Oh boy. Okay, hold on. Oh, if it's the Steelers, we're gonna look so bad. <laughs> that would be honestly, that would be like the cherry on the top for me. But it's I can I can guarantee you, it is not the Steelers. It is not a historic Steelers team. Team rushing. How about was it like a Dallas Cowboys team? It was not the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, good, good, good guess. Good they did have some good running backs. Yeah, Emmett Smith was who I was thinking of. Uh, how about it? Some people, some people, not me, because I consider the 1972 Dolphins to be the greatest team. Some people consider this to be the greatest team uh, in NFL history. Oh well, gosh, it wasn't the 2008 Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, or the 2013 Pittsburgh Steelers. It definitely was not that either. Um. Let's see. They play in the north. They play in the NFC. Okay, NFC North. There's like one team I can think of. The The Packers? Packers? No, guys. The Chicago Bears. Yes, the 1985 Bears, man. Oh, led the NFL in rushing. Well, that's and won the Super Bowl. That's because they had the best defense of all time, arguably. Yeah, well, that's why. I mean, they also ran the ball really well. But I thought I found that really interesting because I feel like people have been hating on the fact that Dalvin Cook gets released, and you know, running the ball does not mean you win championships, especially of late. Nope, those and so those guys aren't getting paid the big contracts for a reason. Yeah, it's not it's not worth it anymore. The can you guess the team? This is within the last ten years. Can you guess the team that made the Super Bowl but lost, uh, but led the NFL in rushing? The Eagles. Not the Eagles. Good try. Did though. they not have the? Did they not lead the league in rushing this year? No, the Bears did because Justin Fields ran like a madman for his life all year long. The, Interesting. The, was it the Carolina Panthers? Nope. I thought that come on guys think of a think of a great running back that played for a team that probably should have gotten the ball at the end of the game. oh marshawn oh, lynch. The seahawks. yeah marshawn lynch and this and the seahawks led mm. the nfl in rushing one yard wow. all he needed and they wouldn't give it to him how many yards did marshawn have that year i don't know but they led the nfl i think it was by like two or three hundred yards that season that's crazy because that was the 2014 Seahawks. And they didn't give him the ball. I know. that that That's like the crazier part to me. I thought, when I first thought of the question, I thought, surely that's the team. And then when you start looking at it, it's like, man, every year that a team like led the league in rushing, they were, they, then maybe the next year they, they did well, but they didn't do as well running that year. 
Yeah. Well, even think a- about even think about like number one running backs who have played really well that then demanded more money and went to a team and just kind of disappeared. Like, I mean, obviously Christian McCaffrey maybe is the outlier there, but yeah. I immediately think of Le'Veon. Right? Le'Veon demanded more money, went to the Jets, career <laughs> up in flames um, yeah. for many reasons. But still, I mean, it's like you know these guys do. We'll see what Zeke does. Um, and yeah. you know who knows if Dalvin Cook. I mean, he doesn't seem like he's that old. Um, I mean, yeah, D- Dalvin. Dalvin is young, and I think I know. I know you were hating on him earlier, Jam. But honestly, a team like Miami, where he doesn't have to be the lead guy and and touch the ball every like every other play, uh, is honestly a pretty ideal scenario because he's had a lot of injuries, and that's I think that's the crazier part is that he's had a lot of injuries, and yet he's had four straight. I think it's four straight thousand yard rushing seasons. And so to put him on a team like Miami where, you know, you have three running backs, he doesn't need to be the every down guy, yeah, but if you could, need an explosive could, yeah, play. He could be a good addition to Miami. He's he's not the bell cow back that he once was, I don't think, uh, because of injuries yeah. and whatnot. But And just running backs age so quickly because of the amount of hits they have. Hey, Dan, I have one more question for you. Oh, no. I mean, Nick, you can try to answer this too, but I think Dan. Okay. All right, ready? You have to wait till, you have to wait till I'm done, though. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay, go. This player set the record for most targets without a touchdown reception at 147, most receptions without a touchdown at 86, and third most receiving yards in a season without a touchdown in, uh, with 882. So this player had 86 catches on 147 targets and 882 yards receiving and did not score a touchdown. Who is that player? How many drops did this player have? <laughs> Too many. Was it a lot? Too many. <laughs> I'm going to guess he played for Pittsburgh. Uh, the answer is Deontay. That Jackson. is. <laughs> <laughs> this last year, yeah. That oh, was man. terrible. Yep, so, well. Oh, wait. One more thing. Sorry, I know you're okay. Go on, you're... JM. I love these questions. No, you're no, good. I don't have any more questions. Just, oh. I just want to let you know that Vegas has a one goal lead with nine seconds left in the game. Three one Vegas. So it sounds, it sounds like we could score. Three, yeah. so. <laughs> Three one Vegas. It's okay. I I believe in these teams. Uh, it's not over until it's over. You, oh, first I to hope four. It's not first to three. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm going to leave it at. That's that's going to bring us to the end of episode eight. Thank you for listening to this episode of What's Up Doc. And go ahead and say bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.